Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Hey babe. Hello, party people. <laughs> um we are still figuring out the mic situation, but it's it's working out. Are we figuring it out? I feel like we it's figured out. Well, you're doing a great job. You're, you're doing just, a great job with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I was a little too like in the last one, but I'm working oh, on it. Oh, yeah. Well, you're the one editing these things, so you you hear it more than I do. But yeah. now I'm talking straight into the mic. I think that might be puffy. You're a little close and you're... Okay. <laughs> I guess we are still Anyway, we're still out. working on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, some, an interesting topic uh, we want to start with is a realization we had the other night when we were watching The Joker with um, Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. first time I saw it, creepy as fuck. So good. Oh my God, it was good. It was just, I did have nightmares that night. I, I had a few <laughs> strange, creepy dreams. These ones you told me about? That night. No, because I don't remember them. I just remember waking up mm. throughout the night a couple times. Yeah. And then I, when I woke up, I already forgot them. But I know that yeah. I had a bad night sleep. Could have been worse than pooping your pants. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That was Andrew's dream last I, night. I also had a nightmare a couple <laughs> nights ago that I had a uh, that I had an accident. It was a much longer dream than it needed to be and <laughs> not particularly pleasant. Just a lot of feelings of embarrassment <laughs> and stress. And uh, yeah, it was a very oh, odd man. dream. Yeah. I went to bed thinking about because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna start going to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu classes. So I went to bed thinking about like what happens if I fart <laughs> while I'm wrestling someone, especially being new, like they're just gonna wanna beat me up because I farted <laughs> and it's smelly. And then they're it's just gonna not gonna wanna like They're not gonna wanna roll with, with you. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Roll with you. Jiu Jitsu with me. <laughs> You gotta learn the terminology. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, rough, some sense. some rough dreams the last week. Yeah, for us, we've been struggling in the dream world. <laughs> <laughs> in the real world, we've been okay. Yeah, we're real world's good. been good. Um, but but yeah, so the other night we're watching the Joker, and I earlier in preparation for movie night, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get sourdough bread because we're both obsessed with it, and now we know that my gut can handle it. So specifically sourdough bread that is fresh and mm-hmm. made locally, like a couple blocks from us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So good. So good. And so easy on my tummy. So, um, yeah. So I went to get that and then I was like, Oh, I, Andrew wanted to get, wanted me to get him a, some type of sweet. So I got these oat milk, uh, mint chip, ice cream, yogurt, low-cal, <laughs> whatever, uh, bars. And I was like, okay, these are, these are okay. Cause there's not a lot of, there's hardly any sugar in it. It's like whatever there it's oat milk and me not knowing much about oat milk. In fact, when we were in New York at WeWork, I would drink oat milk in my coffee like two times a day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love it. It's so like fatty and delicious. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I find after we eat one bar each and there are four bars total, Andrew's like, you know about oat milk, right? And I'm like, what about it? And what did you teach me? I taught you a lot. 
and uh, buckle up, everybody, Pulls because <laughs> you're in for a wild ride. And I'm sorry to do this for to you, but oat milk uh, turns out is terrible for you. Um, <laughs> and I, I, this is a really fascinating story to me being a marketer, because this is an example of the dark side of marketing, you know, when it is used in a way that is pushing something onto people that's really not good for them. Um, and, and in particular with oat milk, positioning it as something that is good for you, that's a healthy alternative to something else that they're saying is not good for you. So, you know, back in the day and what we can compare the way Oatly specifically does their advertising for oat milk is the same strategy that the sugar industry um, was using in the 70s. So what I showed Steph, what I have pulled up is an advertisement in Life magazine. It says diet tip. Sugar keeps your energy up and your appetite down, which obviously is just ridiculous. Um, you know, what it, what it connotates is ridiculous because at face value, they're making sugar seem healthy. <clears throat> right? So it's, it's the idea that like sugar is a diet aid, which of course now we know makes absolutely no sense. There's also some other ads, such as uh, this ad that says, get ready for the fat time of the day. The sugar in a soft drink now can save me a lot of calories later. So what they're trying to communicate there is that sugar is going to suppress your appetite. <laughs> Here's another one. Sugar can be the willpower you need to undereat. So that sugar is going to give you the willpower you need to not overeat. So the language and imagery in these ads is brilliant. Um, each features, you can't see the ad, but each features an attractive, healthy weight woman suggesting that you could look, what you could look like if you start having some sugar before meals. And they all make technically true, but misleading statements. So... Let's, let's pick these apart a little bit. Sugar can be the willpower you need to undereat. Technically, anything can be the willpower you need. That doesn't mean it'll actually do anything. So that's one of the ways that marketers will uh, you know, squeeze out something that sounds like a benefit. They use can. The word can. There's a lot of flexibility in the word can. But it doesn't mean it actually will. If anything, in this case, we know that the blood sugar spike and crash from sugar reduces willpower. Sugar, only 18 calories per teaspoon, and it's all energy, is copy that's copy, copy, writing, being text, is what's in another ad. Sugar, only 18 calories per teaspoon, and it's all energy. Any pure carbohydrate has four calories per gram, and since the teaspoon fits a bit over four grams of sugar, you'll have 16 to 18 calories per per teaspoon. So they haven't lied. But the soda the woman is drinking in this ad looks like a 12-ounce cup, which would have about 39 grams of sugar or 156 calories from sugar. 
That's 10 teaspoons or 10 times as much sugar as the ad makes you think you're getting, right? So these ads go on and on. Um, cigarettes, which you you caught on to this earlier, right? You, you mentioned that um, this reminded you of the way that cigarettes were advertised at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ad I have pulled up here, to keep a slender figure no one can deny, reach for a lucky instead of a sweet. Lucky being lucky strike cigarettes. Um, and another ad here, and <laughs> this is the ad. There's a guy blowing a cigarette in a girl's face. There's <laughs> <laughs> a shit ton of smoke in her face. Yeah, just like, just full on, which now. Which is so hot, yeah. obviously. Blow in her face and she'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. So here's the playbook, which is outlined in a book called Merchants of Doubt. Number one, obscure the truth. Make vague health claims that technically aren't falsifiable. Give your throat a vacation. Smoke a fresh cigarette. Sounds like they're saying this is definitely healthy, but they've really said nothing. Create confusion. Fund massive amounts of research papers showing the harmful ingredients are healthy or at least not provably harmful. Then cherry pick or p hack research into meta analyses that support your industry. The sugar industry did this throughout the 1950s to 1970s and pointed the finger at fat and cholesterol. And the tobacco industry did this extensively as well. The last component of this playbook is to straw man the disagreements. When people criticize the ingredients, or health claims strawman their arguments by focusing on the most easily dismissed criticisms or by pointing the finger elsewhere. Sugar convinced people dietary fat was a bigger problem or that not enough exercise was the culprit for obesity. And when all else fails, use sexy lifestyle marketing to keep, the, to keep promoting the product. Sugar, tobacco, soda, and many more companies have built billion-dollar brands on the back of deceptive advertising. The average consumer fell for it for decades, and government agencies in the U.S. were extremely slow to respond to the growing evidence of what was going on. The first research linking tobacco and lung cancer actually came out in 1912. But in the 1950s, you could still advertise tobacco on TV and radio. So the question to ask yourself is, what are the odds that we have moved completely past that type of advertising? They're pretty low. Mm-hmm. I, there's a really good chance, right, that there is some we're someone running this stuff right now that we're going to yeah. find out is the worst thing for us. Someone's running that playbook out there. Enter Oatly, the oat milk brand. So, long story short, in the early 1990s, a Swedish a Swedish researcher studying lactose intolerance and sustainable farming came up with an idea: what if he made an alternative milk out of oats? It worked. He figured you could use, uh, there's a bunch of techno babble. Basically, he figured out how to uh, milk oats, which is such a weird concept, like yeah. milking oats, but that's what you do. Um, <clears throat> you, could, you could also do alternative milks, right? There's like almond milk and soy milk and all the others, but, uh, but oat milk has the really nice um mouthfeel of whole milk right you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier in your coffee it's very like thick it, yeah, yeah it's that like it's nice thick taste. and 
we drink oat milk at home here and yeah it's it's like thin watery you know it, it has its place do you even you you put a little bit of it in your coffee right what now no oat milk uh, uh, almond milk oh almond milk, almond yeah. milk. Yeah, yeah 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 but it's not your favorite no well yeah i like almond milk oh for some reason i thought you weren't was it soy milk that you didn't like i don't like soy milk oh, okay yeah almond milk i like i just I liked oat milk more in my coffee because it was like a fatty, rich flavor yeah. compared to almond milk, which is more light yeah. and, you know, not much to it. Yeah. So Oatly was loved in Sweden, but didn't start to seriously expand until 2012 when they hired a new CEO. The CEO overhauled the brand into the cutesy David versus Goliath crusading company that it is known for today and brought it to the U.S. The new branding focused heavily on messages about health and the environment, playing on growing consumer awareness that our terrible diets are contributing to reversing life expectancy and that industrial animal agriculture like the dairy industry is an abomination. So early on, they ran an ad that said, it's like milk, but made for humans. And this is where we start to see the same playbook as what was used in um, uh, by the sugar industry play a role. So after they ran this ad, the dairy industry actually sued Oatly for disparaging the milk industry. And when Oatly published the lawsuit, their sales jumped 45%. So totally worth getting sued. Um in the finer print of that ad, Oatly explains, milk comes from a cow. It was designed for baby cows. Humans are the only animal that regularly consume other animals' milk, which, yeah, is a little strange. Uh, we, could have po- uh, we could, of course, point out that dairy cows have been bred to produce milk for humans for as long as recorded history, and that it's very normal for indigenous people with access to cows to drink milk. It's also hard to find compelling research suggesting milk is bad for you, which is part of what Oatly got sued for um, successfully, I might add. Um, but we'll, we'll give Oatly that one. So drinking cow's milk is weird, and it, it, quote, isn't for humans. So the question is, if cow's milk isn't made for humans, is Oatly, right? Because that's their whole argument, like oat milk is, is if milk, if dairy milk isn't. So if we define made for humans in the most generous way possible, you assume it means a product specifically designed for human consumption and that's beneficial for our health or at least not hurting us. So is Oatly designed for human consumption? Definitely, right? It was specifically designed for us to drink. Is it healthy? Definitely not. And this is where I'm going to start to disappoint you guys. So... Oatly's main ingredient is their oat base, which they make through a process of breaking down raw oats into their loose fibers to mix them with water and create a watery-based liquid that contains macronutrients from the oats, in other words, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. The problem with this process is that it creates quite a bit of sugar called maltose, which is why Oatly packaging shows 7 grams added sugar per serving. Of all the different kinds of sugars you can eat, maltose has the highest glycemic index with a rating of 105 
out of 100. For comparison, table sugar has a rating of 65. And the high fructose corn syrup you get in Coca-Cola has a GI around 65 to 75. There's less of it, but the sugar in Oatly has a higher gram for gram impact on your blood sugar than the high fructose corn syrup in Coca-Cola. So the sugar in oat milk is worse for you in terms of its glycemic index than the sugar in Coca-Cola. Crazy. <laughs> we need one of those buttons. I know. On, uh, I was thinking I need one of those buttons, yeah. and then I realized there wasn't one, so I made yeah. the noise. Okay. We, we'll find a way. Okay. So putting 12 ounces of Oatly into your latte and adjusting for the higher glycemic index of maltose means adding almost a tablespoon of sugar to your drink. A tablespoon. That's a That's lot. Crazy. If you use, I use a measuring. I use little measuring things every day for my shakes and whatnot. Tablespoons a lot. I mm-hmm. can't imagine putting that much sugar mm-hmm. in anything. So, yeah, this list kind of goes on and on in terms of like why this is bad for you, but um, you definitely. The, uh, so the point is, there's sugar in there's sugar in Oatly. And the sugar is worse for you than the sugar you are going to be getting from a can of Coca-Cola tablespoon. For Which tablespoon. is also not good for you. <laughs> Unless it's Coke Let's, Zero. <laughs> no. Just kidding. I have a Coke Zero addiction. He has a so bad Coca-Cola addiction. Um, Oatly's second ingredient after the oat base is what they what they label as low uric and rapeseed oil, which is another name for canola oil, which I avoid mm. like the plague. Mm-hmm. I never use canola oil in anything. Yeah, so bad. So bad. Uh, the canola oil is the secret ingredient that gives it milk-like consistency. Mm. In the same way that cream may be added to milk to give it uh, varying levels of fat, Oatly adds a plant-based canola oil to provide fat content. So when you drink oat milk, you're mostly drinking oats, Water, sugar, and canola oil. Mm. (laughs) Um, To be fair, the evidence for the harms of canola oil is still in its early days, um, but that body of research continues to grow. Research has linked it to memory impairment, Alzheimer's risk, a lot of research on cardiovascular disease, diabetes, increased all-cause mortality, metabolic syndrome, decreased brain function, and oxidative stress. Wow. I wonder what else has maltose in it that that is just like normal for people. So all of that is tied to canola oil, Um, but you're just circling back. You're just saying. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just thinking about maltose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Because I feel like it's very con. Like I've heard... I hear maltose often. Yeah, there's a lot enough. of os. No. There's a lot of oses in maltodextrose. Yeah, exactly. Dextrose. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the reason why I didn't end up eating the second ice cream. I gave it to Andrew and he ate it immediately. I was like, <laughs> he ate okay, three of them. <laughs> I will. I will. I will take the maltose risk. I will sugar take canola one oil for the team here by eating three out of four of our ice cream bars. And I ate a Reese's cup that I had. Yeah. That I was waiting to. So clearly, this really <laughs> impacted us in a big way. It impacted me. Yeah. Well, now you're not going to drink oat milk anymore. Exactly. Now I know. Um. 
<clears throat> so yeah, uh, this is so if we compare Oatly's advertising to Coke, you can kind of just say that Oatly basically is Coke for the 2020s. And let's let's revisit that playbook. So the marketing playbook is one: obscure the truth, make vague claims that make consumers feel good. Things like plant-based, low in saturated fat, GMO-free. Mm-hmm. These are all true things about Oatly, but they don't mean it's not bad for you. Oh, scary. Something they said was, we specifically chose rapeseed slash canola oil for our products due to its great nutritional profile, low in saturated fats, rich in unsaturated fats, and higher in omega-3 fatty acids than most other oils. Those are all true things about canola oil, but they don't mean it's good for you. Create confusion. This is point number two. Fund research showing the harmful ingredients are healthy or at least not provably harmful. Oatly doesn't have to do this. The canola industry is doing it for for them. The sugar industry was doing it too, but everyone knows sugar is bad now. Strawman the disagreements. When people criticize the ingredients for health claims, strawman their arguments by focusing on the most easily dismissed criticisms or by pointing the finger elsewhere. Oatly's response to a reporter who reached out to them um, was a a good example of this. Um, It was a well-crafted message that weakly represents the arguments against them without actually discrediting them. Sugar is found in lots of oats, including cow's milk, right? So they're not really, that was a response that they gave to a reporter who reached out about Oatly and oat milk being unhealthy. Sugar is found in lots of foods, including cow's milk. Doesn't say it's not bad for you. It's just saying it's found elsewhere. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, that's, that's the gist of it. It's pretty pretty fascinating. So um, I think as someone in marketing, I've become much more skeptical about claims that I see everywhere. Uh, and it's, it's useful to understand how advertisers uh, think it's, it's not always so manipulative and bad, but, um, but it, it can be. That fly is really attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Carpet somewhere? Yeah, we'll get him. Definitely got him. Ready? Crawling to his death. Oh, wow. Oh, is that him? Yeah. Wow, that was impressive. It's the first time that was a first shot. So. All right, anyway. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Every time we do that, we're killing flies. <laughs> um, but yeah, that does remind me of the the commercials on Nickelodeon where they're like, tricks are for kids, silly rabbit, a balanced breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cereals. Like it's like cereal Definitely. and then a tall glass of milk on the side. And you're yeah. just like, what? Yeah. But yeah, it's just... Um, Lots of examples of companies making something sound good. Yeah. But um, that was Andrew's marketing brain going off. When uh, the oat milk came up. Yeah. So now I will never drink oat milk. But um, but yeah, something that came up for me with uh, my job is getting back on Instagram, um, being a little more consistent with my audience engagement. 
um, has led me to realize how much my audience loves sex secrets. And this is something I did once like, well, I did multiple times, but I probably started like two years ago where I put up a Q&A on Instagram stories and I'll be like, tell me your sex secrets. And I tell them, you know, your name was, you're confidential. Don't worry about it. Um, they'll be anonymous when I share them, but here's a space to share them. And part of it was for entertainment. Part of it was also to give them a space to admit something that maybe they were holding in for a while and felt the need to share with someone. Um, cause I know I've had situations in my life where even just talking, telling a therapist about it was like, Oh, I felt good. Even if he didn't say anything back, you know, it's just get it um, off your chest. Yeah. Get it off your chest. And it really turned into this this thing that I started doing once in a while that everybody loved. If you thought loved. the Oatly story was a wild ride, double <laughs> buckle up because Steph gets some interesting responses. I do. Um, so this is a really good round. I am proud of myself because I got some comments that were like, it's amazing how non-judgmental you are towards these secrets. And um, this is something I had to work on. In fact, what made me be so intentional about being non-judgmental was a podcast I put out um, that's still out there, actually, on my podcast. And it was about, I think it was, it might have been the first round of Sex Secrets because I was just having fun with it at first before I like intentionally wanted to create a space. Or maybe it was something else. I don't know. But I was like, I was sharing what people were telling me. And then I was like laughing about some of them. And I, at the time, like wasn't trying to be an asshole. I was just having my natural reactions come out on a podcast that I recorded. And then I just posted. And the one negative comment I got on my podcast is about that. And about like people opened up to you and you like made like she was basically laughing at people and their like fetishes or whatever. And reading that comment, oh my God, it just made me feel scarred for life. So bad. <clears throat> and it just made me think like, wow, yeah, like who am I to laugh at this? Like everyone has their thing. As long as the people involved are feeling respected and there is consent doing the thing and it's safe and there's no underage people, there's no animals. No family members would be nice. <laughs> Shocking um, <laughs> the number of people. Who um, fuck their cousins. <laughs> like their aunts and stepmoms or whatever. And um, yeah, there's a lot of those stories. But um, but anyway, so that that feedback just made me really be intentional about only putting out reactions that are not judgmental in the best way I know how. So that's something I really had to learn how to do. And even, you know, even though I do still have natural reactions, I, I don't have to share them. Um, you know, I could, I could think about it and then come from a place where I could be respectful. You can share it with me and just, <laughs> just let her gut reaction. Only out. Andrew knows how I really <laughs> feel. <laughs> no, but I'll just give you a few examples of the sex secrets that uh came out in this and i think i think to be fair like it's you know laughing at people yeah people are share i think if you're sharing you know people's secrets and you're naming names or you're making fun of them that's one thing and i'm sure that's not what you were doing 
That certainly wouldn't have been the intent. But also, I don't think laughing as a reaction to something um, is necessarily in and of itself a bad thing. Because I think it's important that people should be able to sort of just laugh at themselves and um, not take things in life so seriously. And, you know, part of the point of, of why you do what you do is so that sex is not such a serious thing. You know, it's to make it, it's to remove this voodoo layer um, or wait, no. Not voodoo. I always <laughs> say voodoo, but what I mean is taboo. <laughs> I like voodoo better. Let's go voodoo. Re- remove, you know, like the taboo <laughs> aspect from sex because it's something that um, most people do and uh, it's something that everyone thinks about. And, you know, laughing. We all came here because of it. <laughs> like, literally. Like, that's what's crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, I just don't, uh, you know, I, I, I know, get it. but it's <clears throat> it is hard because I still feel like I'm walking this line. You are. It's a t- it's it's tough it of is, like yeah. just hearing so many stories of right. like she laughed and then that was it for me. Right. Like I started having P.E. or yeah. like for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah. so, yeah, it's also. I, but in, and so, again, you like point in case the seriousness. Yeah. With which yeah. an individual takes a reaction from someone else or the seriousness like the the shame or embarrassment or, um, you know, the feelings that are associated with this all with those experiences that turn out to be traumatizing. It's not the actual ex- the experience is what it is. It is the seriousness with which you associate certain emotions to the thing that took place that makes it such a serious thing. So he's like your reaction. Yeah. So um, I'm, I guess I'm just I'm cutting you a little bit of slack. And also, um, you know, just don't think that these things have to be taken like so seriously, which I suppose yeah. is also why obviously you're going to you're going to share some. Right. So um, and I do have reactions that are light. Like it's not like I'm like, right. Good for you. Try this. Yes. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I am being like funny in my I'm just not being judgmental. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm doing my best to be like, yeah, like give it a go. Sounds fun. Or like, how do you even fucking do that? Like, I don't know how you do it, but like, I'm all for it. Go for it. You know, it's like yeah. kind of that support. Right. That's like, you know, funny banter is kind of the way I see handling it best. All right. Sorry, guys. Enough built um, up. Let's hear them <laughs> sex secrets. All right. So um, this one is I think about a BJ I got from a random hookup seven years ago, almost daily. It was so good. Wow. That. Is I was that, like, girl, BJ Hall of Fame. Girl right has there. serious skills. I wonder if that was more. Well, I'm sure it's a mix of everything. I think like great sex experiences have to do with the person, right. context. With, like, yeah, the context where you were, like excitement, excitement factor, yeah. how aroused you were, what your relationship was. You know, so it's really interesting how some maybe not even be the best sex or like the really right. best experience, but it's like. Oh, but it was during that time. And like, this was happening. I felt super confident in myself and like, you know, like you and I, I, when, when we've talked about in the past, like our favorite sex experiences and I've just been like, Oh yeah, this one night we like went out for a walk. I felt so connected. Just felt like so. (laughs) And you were like, I felt nothing. (laughs) Not nothing. I was just like, it was nice. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. For me, I was just like, Oh, that was so great. (laughs) 
Okay, this one is not proud, but best sex I've had was with a married woman. Three-month affair in her car. Wow. So, like, one like that, I'll just put the emoji. No one, like, yeah, no one can see your face. I know. I'm trying to think of how to explain. <laughs> the, the, the one where your teeth the are The one grinning, with all the teeth. Like, and I'm just like, like nervous, nervous. Not sure how to trying. respond to that. Yeah. That's kind of my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can obviously, one can understand. Um Maybe not obviously, but I think one people can understand that that would be like that's part of the allure of that is the excitement, right? Mm-hmm. And the the naughtiness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next one is I've been sexting with an AI. Discovered that I have a domination kink. So that's interesting. Just seeing where how the world is evolving with technology and bringing that into our sex lives yeah and the sex industry is are often early adopters of of new technology so it doesn't surprise me that um and and i think that will become much 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 more common in two ways one i think you're going to see made-up characters right so Mm -hmm. we're we're seeing on one hand there are actually ai um uh influencers right like like people AI characters on Instagram who there's just photos of this person who looks like a person but it's actually AI images and she's this you know what would what society would consider like beautiful woman girl um and she has thousands and thousands of followers and and fans and um so you see on one hand you see AI images I wonder if I scrolled through and just didn't even know possible and then on the other hand, you have AI large language models and texting. And then the third, uh, the third, you know, point of this is audio and being able to talk to AI, which I will do sometimes with ChatGPT. And it's it's like I'm talking to a human. So you can imagine you start to combine those things, the audio, the images, and the ability to communicate like a human. Um I mean, that's just where the world is is headed. It's it's going to become wow. normal for people. Have you seen her? Yeah, I think so. With Joaquin Phoenix and um, oh no, actually, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. It's so good. Okay, we'll have to you, watch you that. You kept sometime. telling me it was good, but, but that it, it's like that, but even more advanced than that because you're going to be able to actually see the person. Mm. And I don't think you, I don't think you get he gets to see her um, when in that movie. Mm. it's all through audio yeah i think what's gonna i think what's gonna happen too is probably something with porn where people can create their own porn with what they want to see and experience and yep that should be that would be interesting yeah um next one is secretly want to try a toy in my ass to tickle my prostate i just said give it a try why not that's probably pretty common. Yeah. No, there's a lot of these. There's a lot of guys like I identify as a straight male, but I like my ass played with. Mm-hmm. A lot of those. Um, the wife and I are exploring sex clubs and ENM. What's ENM? Which is uh, ethical non-monogamy. Mm. Mm. So I was like, nice. Been there. Sex clubs part. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have. We talked about that. Actually... Oh, not yeah. on this pod. Not on this pod. Okay. Maybe we could talk about... We have to go to a... Maybe there's one in Austin, and then we can compare. 
Uh, I feel a little bit defeated after <laughs> the last two. I'm pretty much Andrew just hated I'm, the sex uh, class. I'm pretty much just waiting to, to save up the so that I can pony up the ten grand to go to the one that <laughs> actually looks good. Um, There's got to be one in between, like a hundred bucks and ten grand. <laughs> There's got to be. Yeah. If there's not, we, we need to make one. Okay. Someone needs right? to make one. Right? Maybe that could be a theme of our parties. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, boy. Um, okay. Licked an armpit during sex. I don't know why, but we both laughed. Maybe I have a deep kink. I don't know. I had. LOL. I always love, like, hearing that people try just, like, random stuff that's weird to them. And then they're like, oh, it was kind of fun. And, like whatever because mm-hmm. that's how else are you gonna know you right. know and i think like there's so many of us afraid to like use diff- certain body parts or like mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of people who really like their i think there's someone who like their elbow touched mm. that i heard recently like in a certain way mm-hmm. and like if you don't go there you'll never right. know so like to have a partner who's open enough and like willing to just try like things that are weird mm-hmm. you know just outside weird the norm quotes. yeah quote unquote quote weird mm-hmm. um yeah it's just it's it's cool mm-hmm. um this is one of my favorites <laughs> i got in the shower upside down masturbated and came on my face and in my mouth sex secret hall of fame right there <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah. I don't know how you accomplish that, but good for you for being interested, figuring it out. Very high agency person there. Right? And just like, he must really practice his handstands. Something. He's it's a fascinating Good job. One. Good job. Um, I like being choked by my partner during passionate sex. Common. Very common, yeah. Um, every time I would come in my ex's mouth, I would laugh uncontrollably. Quote, LOL, I came in your mouth. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> that one cracks me up. So. I wonder if that's What's like the a. the psychology behind that? I mean, I see laughter as often a discomfort. Right. Or like a feeling awkward, yeah. you know, like unsure if it was okay. Mm-hmm. Like trying to create a sense of like comfortability in the mm-hmm. room after what just happened. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of guys who feel bad coming in their partner's mouth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and yeah, I just find it fascinating how many guys are curious, like spit or swallow, spit or swallow. Like, and then if you say swallow, they're like, whoa, I'm like, it's not like that <laughs> crazy. I don't know. Like it's, and then there's a lot of guys who are, I mean, there's one guy on here. I don't know if I posted it or not, but he was like, I, um, I felt so much shame coming in my partner's mouth. It, it eventually led to me not being able to climax. Whoa. So like actually led him to delayed ejaculation because mm-hmm. of how bad he felt. Wow. Um, it's what's interesting is that like, I think a lot of guys don't realize women actually like it. They think we're just doing them a favor. Um, and it's not possible that she would enjoy that just as I've heard about anal sex too, like mm-hmm. guys are like, ha- like it doesn't feel good for her. So like, why would I do that to her? And I'm like, what? You know? And the same with blowjobs. Like women couldn't possibly actually enjoy a blowjob. They're just mm-hmm. doing it for me. And like, I feel bad. I don't need that. Like they're actually like taking yeah. away something just that women informed. Yeah. Really do like actually enjoy when we're aroused. So that's uh that's always interesting to me. 
Yeah, and I think also some for some of those guys, you know, they're not wrong because their partner may actually also think they don't want it or that they don't enjoy it. And yeah, no, I'm not saying true. every woman right, enjoys it. Right. Yeah, I should stress that. There's definitely women who hate it and who don't want it. And but there's also there's a percentage of women who genuinely don't enjoy it, who don't mm-hmm. want it, who don't feel the urge for it. Then there is the percentage of women who think they don't want it, who think they won't enjoy it, who have just never been with a partner who created a trust and safety and security and excitement and also a a um, context in which they do actually want to mm-hmm. do that, right? Whether it's anal or giving a blowjob. So like coming on her face. That's yeah. another one. Guys are like, I can't imagine her wanting come yeah. on her face. Um, so it, it also depends on, I think in a lot of cases, it also depends on the partners she's had in the past and the, the partner that she's currently with, you know, because a, a woman can change her mind when she's with the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also a big part of this, um, of why the reasons why a lot of women don't even learn enough about themselves to be open to this and to find out that they actually do like it is um, they've had partners in the past or their current partner doesn't actually get them aroused. Mm -hmm. And sex is just this thing where he goes right in with his dick. She's not wet enough. She's not aroused enough. So penetration doesn't feel great. And she never reaches that like that actual arousal where she is just craving to be like fucked and like to have things in her mouth and on her face. Like, cause when you're aroused enough and you're really letting go and you're, you, you just, you want it all. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of shit you want that you never want when you're not aroused, you know? So like, I think so many women, I mean, just due to the fact that 70% of women have faked orgasms, like, because, and they don't know how to ask for what they want. So that's on the, you know, women need to do that need to speak up but um men need to understand that like you need to get her to a point of like actually being aroused so she can she can get to that point of like wanting to try stuff because she's not gonna want to try stuff if she thinks sex feels like her randomly getting a dick put in her vagina like that's (laughs) not fun (laughs) does not feel good it's not fun so yeah i just it amazes me how many people just have sex that way and totally oblivious to what actually feels good this one is interesting. Sex with my ex's mom. Ex walked in while her mom had come on her face still. Wow. <laughs> you had not shared that one with me yet. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I think this guy actually intense. shared the same one on the last sex stories. He I think he really likes, <laughs> he really wants He's like, this story's know. crazy. I gotta <laughs> share it again. Wow. Yeah. Um, this one is interesting. I can only get off when my wife wears a watch. Fascinating. So I got a watch fetish. That is, yeah. Well, and it's, but it's interesting that he says it's only when his wife wears a watch. He's not saying I get turned on by, by the women watch when I see a watch. He's not saying I get turned on by the yeah, watch. Yeah. Saying, so yeah, that's what I wonder. Is it like a watch fetish? Is it still considered a watch fetish? If like, I wonder context. if that watch actually brings him excitement like does he look at the watch when he's about to come on his wife's (laughs) no but just feels a sense of arousal when he Mm -hmm. sees it on his wife's wrist like it's interesting um this guy says when my wife is away for the night i jerk off while smelling her pillow 
she knows and I like it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> I hope Andrew does that. <laughs> that was my initial honest oh thought. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> Just you come home and I, like your pillow's all crusty. <laughs> you know I You're would like, love that. <laughs> babe, you know I would love that. <laughs> Be like, babe, um, you were thinking of me? <laughs> I softly rub a feather on my wife's on my wife as part of our foreplay. She loves it. Like feather play is pretty common. Yeah, yeah. Sixteen years married and an honest convo about my feelings with my wife started blowjobs to completion with swallowing. So that's pretty cool because I know this guy's reached out to me before, like struggling with their sex life, um, him and his wife. And um and also saying that like she doesn't blow him. Um, so this is cool. This is like wait, sixteen <clears throat> he's been married for sixteen. Married sixteen years. years. And what it took was an honest conversation about his feelings with his wife to get her to start giving blowjobs and wow. and actually swallowing and like See that yeah. that that's an important one because you get a lot of comments on social media about guys who have just sort of given up and, and mm-hmm. just there's like clear resentment, you know, for like, oh, women don't do that or, oh, my wife would never. And and it's a lot of it's just avoidance around, you know, having an honest, thoughtful, empathetic, considerate, no expectations conversation around, you know, sharing his, his feelings. Yeah. And probably also being a good partner. Like if you're a shit partner <laughs> and you yeah. expect that, um, you know, it's that's... Yeah. I mean, I always felt for him because I remember like I, yeah, I remember getting messages from him and I was just like, oh man, like he seems like a good guy. Like I always remember thinking that when I was talking to him. Yeah. And um, so this made me really happy. I should probably ask him. He would be a a good person to interview and be like, yeah, you know, do you, are you open to talking about that convo? Cause yeah, that would probably help a lot of people. Um, I love licking my wife's ass. She does too. Soft little kisses right on her butthole. She loves it. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> my wife is now obsessed with giving head while putting a vibe on her pussy. My reaction to that was a secret I learned too late in life. More women need to do this. Because <laughs> when you're staying aroused, right. it's like you get so much more into it, yeah. you know? And I think for us personally, you get more into it too when I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like receiving when you're touching yourself. Yeah. Like, I never used to do that before. And when I started mm-hmm. doing it, I was like, oh, my God, this makes, like, everything so much better. Mm-hmm. I once jerked it to Betty White. Don't know why. <laughs> Just thought she deserves some recognition. Okay, wait, am I not supposed to laugh at that? <laughs> no, I laughed at that. Yeah, I was like, one. she 100% does. R.I.P. Yeah, Betty. legend. <laughs> Everyone loved that one. They were like, (laughs) support. (laughs) The older I get, the more I crave massive tits. And as time goes on, it grows stronger and stronger. I said, you and I both. (laughs) 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 I said, that's interesting. Maybe you want to have kids. Like you have attraction to like mom boobs. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mommy milkers. (laughs) They call them. I've never heard that. (laughs) It's like the term. That's funny. Or he just has a big boob kink. Mm hmm. Um, this guy goes, never got a BJ. I said, I hope you eventually do if that's what you want. And then some guy replied and he was like, if that's what you want, every guy wants that. I'm like, honestly, you can't assume, <laughs> like, yeah. especially if I've learned anything in this industry, 
you four and a half know. billion men on this planet, and they want a wide variety of things. Yeah. I love when my girlfriend uses large dildos. It turns me on so much wanting her to take a big D. Definitely a thing. Yeah. Definitely a thing. Um, love using prostate toys to masturbate. Got my girlfriend to put her finger in my butt. Definitely different and good feeling. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> this guy goes, I made my wife squirt, sucked it up and spat it in her mouth and licked my cum out of her. And then he like kept talking, but it wouldn't fit in the box. <laughs> <laughs> That's so intense. <laughs> Just like imagining like that is there. They were both clearly very <laughs> in it. My God. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> my comment was this guy couldn't wait for secrets to share this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like finally I could tell someone. I need to tell someone yeah. about this. Especially for guys, because guys don't talk about sex with their other oh, homies. So yeah. like you have nothing. Oh, you have no one to That's why they probably love this. Yeah, They're like, this I need to get to tell like somebody. Yeah. That's great. I really want to hook up with a drag queen. Much more common than most people would probably think. Yeah, yeah. Having my girlfriend squirt on me is the best. I think it's cool as fuck. I don't care if it's pee. I said love this attitude. <laughs> like why would you care if there's a little pee in it i don't know like i mean it's mental yeah okay that's okay no judgment <laughs> <laughs> let her pee on you <laughs> it's just pay i got pulled over while getting head and the cop had to wait for me to dress before talking to me <laughs> fully undressed getting head no well, he probably had a, has his, his pants, pants off and then the guy was like all right get dressed and i'll come back Wow. You couldn't have put your pants on quick enough? Like you have, you <laughs> no. have a few minutes before the cop. cop? Like, yeah. right Maybe he just popped out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he was watching them. That's funny. I mean, I've definitely been busted by like a security guard uh, having sex in um, in a parking lot and had to get dressed. Yeah. I've not been like pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe she was giving him roadhead and he got pulled over. I, it's, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I got I was in a parking lot once and there a cop came over and he had to put his pants on really fast and I had to get dressed. And then we were like <laughs> he like opens up the window and he's like, just want to check in and make sure like you're okay. He wanna make sure I was okay. Yeah. Um because we were cop. in the corner of a sketchy lot. Yeah. So I was really grateful for that, but it was yeah. awkward. Um smelling my wife's dirty underwear really turns me on. This is super I got a bunch of these. Wow. Yeah. Dirty underwear. I mean dirty just worn. You mm. know, like just like nasty, grimy <laughs> underwear. After she's shit in it. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of like I I take my wife's thong out of the hamper and sniff it and wow. put it back. Interesting. Yeah. This guy goes, I enjoy pee play. That's all he said. So I just put a little dancing pee drop <laughs> in support. Um, I've been fantasizing about my wife's best friend since we met nearly 26 years ago. Wow. It's a long time to be fantasizing, fantasizing about. And it's also a long time to have a best friend. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Hopefully everyone stays as friends and fantasies. Yeah. Or a threesome, maybe. Maybe not. Have a strong attraction to trans girls and would like to be completely dominated in bed. Very common, too, as we have seen firsthand in Sex Club. Yes. Yes. What was uh, what was her name? Oh, Lynn. Lynn. Yes. <laughs> Lynn. Lynn had more sex than anyone else in the sex <laughs> than club. Than anyone. 
Oh my God. She she was really making her. the rounds and then yeah. she passed out on a bed and yeah. just looked super comfy and then yeah. they kicked her out. But, <laughs> but uh, she was, she was a character. She killing it that night. <laughs> if it takes too long for me to orgasm, I'll get in my head. I worry my partner gets concerned. I think that's common. Yeah. that I, I definitely have had that exact thought many times. Yeah. Does that affect, do you notice that has an effect on like when you do end up coming like, do you, yeah, if I get in my head, cause stress? I feel like I'm, cause if I feel like I'm taking too long and then it like takes me out of the moment and then I just won't orgasm because mm-hmm. now I'm stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that was happening with us a little bit at one point. Yeah, probably. For like a couple months or something. Yeah. Um, I want to see my wife be pleasured by another couple. It's like, mm. Oh, that's interesting. Usually mm-hmm. I hear another guy. Yeah. Couple cuck. Couple cuck. Ooh, couple cuck. I really want to try eating fruits and whipped cream out of a woman's pretty booty hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yum. (laughs) This one is interesting when I get these. I once gave my young uncle a BJ just to explore how it would feel like. Turns out I'm not gay. What are the more interesting ones in this list? Yeah. I just put the wide eye emoji. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, whoa. Whoa. After a vasectomy, the coming sensation is so much different than before. So I don't know if that's mm. a good thing. I just said that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it is better. Yeah, different. Um, a few more. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 29. I wonder what the average age is. Yeah, I, I wonder too. I, I think like late teens or maybe 20. Early 2021. Tw- yeah, I would think it's it's probably later now. I think it's oh, getting later yeah, and that's later. That's a good point. Especially at Gen Z. Later. Yeah. Gen Z's lack of interest in sex. Is Gen Z having sex later? Remember cuz we when we did we had a pod where we talked about um how Gen Z is having more is more non-committal um in in relationships. Right? But they're having less sex. Having less sex. And what they're attributing most of that to is the lack of alcohol mm. consumption or a lot less mm-hmm. alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. And it's just leading people to make better decisions, decisions <laughs> they won't regret. Um, yeah. But yeah, they say alcohol has a lot to do with it. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I used to finger my girlfriend during class in high school. Whoa. <laughs> I miss being a teen and just like doing crazy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you did like... crazy shit as a teen. My my teenagers were not that crazy. I things started getting much crazier later in life. I was like good in high school. Right. Well, I was good in high school. Well, no. <laughs> and when I say I was good in high school, I don't. I actually, I mean, I was a lot of parties. Got kicked out of my dad's house. Um, it wasn't good, but like, no, very like on the sex little, side. Yeah, on the sex side, it was just not. Yeah, it was it was very little sexual experience. Yeah, I remember the first time I orgasmed, I didn't know what happened because I was raised in a Catholic school and I was told that you shouldn't feel like you shouldn't be having orgasms. Nothing should be up there. Like nothing should be touching you. You shouldn't even be looking at it. Crazy Shit. stuff. So like when I when it happened, I was like, what just happened? Like my body's like going crazy. Like the devil's in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm possessed and I love it. <laughs> no, I really just like was freaking out. I was freaking out. 
it was with an ex of mine when that happened because he was like touching me and but I had never done it myself so then I was talking to a guy friend of mine who I hooked up with but I like trusted we were talking on the phone and he was like I'll walk you through it and I was like no oh my god I can't I can't and he was like he's like it's okay just like do it like I'll walk you and he literally walked me through it like step by step because I couldn't yeah I had so much shame Uh like oh my god I'm gonna go to hell this is so bad like what if and yeah that was like I was 16 I think well 15 or 16 the rest is history the rest is (laughs) history I feel like the movies were always the place where the guys were like fingering you (laughs) as a teen. That's like the only place you could go to like not get caught. (laughs) Like if a guy was like, you want to go to the movies? You're like, oh my God, we're going to do stuff. (laughs) And like you had to call your friends and like prepare. Uh, Wow. I wonder how many girls I went to the movies with, but they thought we were going to do stuff. And I was just watching the movie. (laughs) It's like, wow, it was a great movie, huh? Oh my god, Andrew loves movies and he gets really into the movies. (laughs) I could totally see that happening. He like really into the movie and she's just in her head. She's like staring at you like, when is he gonna make (laughs) Oh my god, that is great. I feel like I'm always horny, but when things happen, I'm quick. Makes me not confident. Yeah, the advice I gave him, I said, I'm sorry you're losing confidence. Maybe try going for a hand job or a blow job first if that helps you hold off. Because mm-hmm. I find that a lot of guys, if they come quick during uh, penetrative sex, chances are high they don't come quick uh, mm. with a hand job or blow job, based on my experience yeah. as a sexologist. Yeah, that seems very counterintuitive. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't like. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Though the thing that makes sense is that it's psychological. You know, mm-hmm. there's something connected to the penetration mm-hmm. idea. Um, I still have wet dreams. Like I think everybody just has wet dreams all their life. Like you, it's is not like you come thing? to. Yeah, it's <sighs> not like you come to a certain age where it just. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I had one. Oh my God, I had one like a couple months ago. Did I know about this? I don't know. I thought so. I thought I told you. Yeah, maybe I you definitely did. had yeah, maybe you a did. couple yeah, with you. In bed. Yeah. When I was visiting my parents a few months ago, yeah, last yeah, year at some point. Yeah, that you told oh. me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a wet dream and then I woke up like, did I make noise? Yeah. <laughs> like, what just <laughs> fucking happened? Mm. This guy says, I love my wife so much, but I keep having fantasies about a threesome with her and her hot little sis. That's exactly what I used yeah, to <laughs> Suppress that one, buddy. Yeah. Might want to just keep that Bury one. Bury that one real for- deep. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the last one is I can only get aroused by a strong woman dominating me. Nothing else works. Mm. It was just like, you found your thing. You know, I think other things will work. Maybe that was just a doorway, Mm -hmm. um, to getting you comfortable, but yeah, it's just a matter if you want to stop there or keep trying other things like your elbow. (laughs) Stroked. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you're welcome for ruining oat milk <laughs> for you and for sharing and for lots entertaining of you, entertaining sex stories. Another episode in the books. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.